0: This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. This year has gone by incredibly quickly, but it's always nice to pause and take stock. What's something you're proud of in 2024 so far? What's something you still want to accomplish this year? I know I'm guilty of falling into a routine and not always thinking about the bigger picture, but as the great Ferris Bueller once said, life moves pretty fast. If you don't stop and look around once in a while, you can miss it. So it's crucial to take a moment to celebrate your wins and make adjustments for the rest of the year. Therapy can help you contextualize your progress and set achievable goals for the next six months. As you surely know by now, it's not only for people who have experienced major trauma. Therapy is helpful in all kinds of ways, including learning positive coping skills and how to set boundaries. If you've been considering trying therapy, check out BetterHelp. It's fully online and was specifically designed to be flexible and customizable to your schedule. To get started, just fill out a brief questionnaire that matches you up with a licensed therapist, and you can switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. Take a moment. Visit BetterHelp.com FilmDaily today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, dot com slash FilmDaily.
1: Hello, everyone, and welcome to Slash Film Daily for Tuesday, July 5th, 2022. On today's episode, we're going to talk about the latest film and TV news. This is Slash Film Editorial Director, Peter Serretta. And joining me on today's podcast is Slash Film Writer and box office expert, Ryan Scott.
2: Hey, hey, everyone. Happy Mo- uh, Tuesday. It is not Monday. It is Tuesday.
1: <laughs> yeah, we're recording on a different day because there was th- this thing called a holiday yesterday. It was Independence Day. R- Ryan, how did you spend your, your holiday off?
2: Um, For for various reasons, much like many, uh, many people, I was not feeling like celebrating America specifically, but I uh, uh, yeah. uh, decided to, uh, you know, spent, uh, spend a good amount of time with my girlfriend, uh, went some saw some fireworks and stuff, but I, uh, yesterday... Uh, spent a little time relaxing, watching some movies, and I watched uh, The Harder They Fall, uh, that Netflix Western that came out last year, and uh, I am very upset that I slept on that because that movie was absolutely awesome. And, uh, yeah, very good. So that was a nice way to spend the afternoon yesterday.
1: Well, uh, it's good that you, you got to see some good uh, a good movie. I, I was originally supposed to go to Disneyland. I had, like, reservations to go to Disneyland and... Um... Uh, shoot a video for Ordinary Adventures about you know Fourth uh, of July at Disneyland. They do a special like fireworks celebration and stuff like that. But as you know, uh, uh, a week and a half ago, I got COVID. Uh, I had to cancel this cruise opportunity that we're we're going to cover the new Disney Wish cruise. We're we're going. We've been rescheduled to another cruise, and we we canceled our reservation. We decided not to go to Disneyland just on the pure like we're paranoid now. That like, I don't want this to happen again with Kitra <laughs> accidentally getting COVID, getting sick, uh, before this other uh, our rescheduled cruise. So uh, I feel like we're going to be living the next week as hermits, not leaving the house, which is is sad. Is, is that paranoid or is that playing it safe, Frank? What what do you think?
2: No, I I think that's valid enough. Especially, I mean, I I think your likelihood of getting it again is low, but you oh, know yeah. what I mean. Like it's. Cause I, after I had it, I kind of had my couple of months of like, you know, woo spring break vibes of like, I think the only time I felt legitimately safe since this whole thing started. But, but, um, but yeah, I mean, I, I, I think that if you have a big thing coming up, it's reasonable enough to kind of chill out a bit. Yeah.
1: It's, it's, it's kind of a weird thing. Yeah. I'm totally, you know, the chances of me getting it again in the next three months are slim to none. Uh, Just, you know, based on the science. Uh although there have been some some cases uh some uh what do they call that uh rebounds or Re- something
2: reinfection
1: yeah uh but yeah her i'm just worried <laughs> uh so we we spent the day at home just watching tv and uh we didn't watch any like super exciting movies to talk about Although I have been watching For All Mankind uh, this season, which has been really, really good. so if- I,
2: I know Jacob is a big proponent of that show, uh, our very own Jacob Hall. But uh, yeah, I've heard that's good.
1: The cool thing about that show is I think it starts in the 60s in the first season. I could be wrong if that's the, the... But every season has kind of jumped forward in time with the same characters and introducing new characters. So there's characters like in the first season that they introduce as like a child. And in this, you know, in the latest season, they're like, you know, an adult going on space missions. So it's cool to see uh, these characters evolve over time, but also see the world because the whole premise of the show, if you don't know, this is on Apple TV+, Plus. the whole premise of the show is what if the Russians beat us to the moon and, like, how that would have uh, propelled the space program forward and and changed the world as a whole – and uh now season 3 i think we're on uh they're in the 90s they're in the late 90s and uh we are now in a a race to mars it, it it's a lot different <laughs> than the than uh how the world actually ended up turning out uh but yeah it, it's 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 i don't know it's it's surprisingly i i, I wasn't a, the hugest fan of the last season so I, I wasn't thinking I was going to come back and watch this season, but I've enjoyed the uh, the first few episodes of the season. Uh, but anyways, okay, we, we aren't here to talk about that. Let's, let's talk about the news. This weekend, as expected, the minions reigned supreme at the box office. Uh, how did they do?
2: Boy, uh, you know, we talked a bit about this on Friday. And, um, you know, the estimates at the time were like around 70-ish million. Now I knew that was low. I knew Minions was going to do better than that. It set a 4th of July holiday weekend record. <laughs> uh, and I mean all-time record. Uh, $125.1 million domestically over the fourth long weekend. 107 just through the three days. To uh, Just a couple of nickels shy of $219 million worldwide as of right now. Uh, that already puts it in the top 10 globally this year. Uh, with one weekend under its belt that is ridiculous um yeah so it did exceptionally well uh of note the despicable me franchise overall is about 70 million dollars shy of crossing 4 billion worldwide which it'll do any day now thanks to this movie's hold so yeah easily took the top spot um just and this was also of note the very last delayed movie from 2020 that hit theaters so all of those movies that were delayed this was the last one
1: okay uh first of all here not to uh harp on this too much but a lot of people when light years kind of uh underperformed at the box office i think is probably the best way to say it um some people were saying oh maybe animation maybe kids movies maybe maybe it's just not working to to drag families the theaters this kind of disproves that possible theory so why do you think this succeeded where Lightyear failed
2: I mean I think it simply comes down to two things I think it's pretty clear that audiences said Lightyear is not a movie we wanted to see I think the Tim Allen of it all is bigger than I anticipated it would be and I think the other part of it is, and I and I still stand by the idea that, that Disney did a lot of damage to the Pixar brand by saying, this is now something you watch at home for free. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that was big, that those all, it's no one thing, but I think there was a perfect storm that made that movie, you know, not do super well. But like, let's be very clear here, Sing 2, another Illumination Universal movie, 406 million dollars worldwide not quite as much as the original but that's still pretty good you know the bad guys another movie that had no franchise you know to its name is currently sitting at 244 million worldwide that's pretty good you know against like an 80 million dollar budget or whatever so you know i think i think it's been clear that families are willing to go out they were just waiting for that big thing and the other thing to consider is that despicable me came out in 2010. So a lot of people that grew up with this franchise were kind of of age now to maybe go to the movies themselves, bring friends, go make a thing of it, you know, so, you know, we've had that whole, uh, gentle minions hashtag taking over TikTok with the people in suits going to see the movie. Uh, you know, like it's, it's been a little crazy, but yeah, I mean, it's the movie's been critically well-liked.
1: What is the deal with the people in suits? I, I was like very confused about reading about this on Twitter.
2: It's a very weird little thing that just sort of happened, like uh, you know, um, people, just younger people primarily. So again, people I'm talking about, people that sort of were young when the first me- movie came out, um, just decided like let's make a thing of it, like let's make going to the movies a an event. And let's like, let's let, let's like get the boys together and let's go see Minions. And they weren't doing this with like irony. They were doing it very, a lot of them seem to be doing it very sincerely. Like, which I think is kind of charming, you know, like I, I don't have any love for the Minions movies, but they weren't necessarily for my generation. It was for this generation kind of that came up behind me. And, you know, so I think that's great, you know, like, good, go for them. It You know, there was apparently some screenings dealt with like some rowdy crowds that weren't great, but like overall, it seemed like most of the people were just, making an event of it. And that's what movies can and should be. So to me, like, cool. If you're going to boost a movie's box office and make an event of it, great. That's great. I don't, you know, what do you, what, you know, but yeah, it's kind of weird, but kind of fun. It it, <laughs> it turns the whole notion of a theatrical experience into just that an experience.
1: Okay. So my, my other question to you, well, I have a couple questions actually, right. <laughs> uh, is like the Despicable Me franchise, when I look at the box office, you know, the first one did 251 million. Then you had uh, Despicable Me 2, which did 368. And are I'm you talking look, about. You're looking uh,
2: domestic, right?
1: Domestic, yeah. So yeah, I, I know yeah. worldwide it's a lot more. Um, a lot
2: more, yeah. <laughs> Min,
1: minions did 336. And then Despicable Me 3 did 264. Um, So I, I think a lot of people are thinking because that was a drop that the franchise was. It had hit its peak and was going down. Like, what do you think? Where is the Minions franchise or the Despicable Me franchise? Like, is it is it still going strong as ever?
2: Yeah, absolutely. Because I think what you look at is I think the drop from Minions to Despicable Me 3 was I think the Minions branding was stronger, you know, particularly domestically. Because if you look at between Minions and Despicable Me 3 worldwide, like Minions did 1.15 worldwide and Despicable Me 3 did 1.03 worldwide. So those are both well over a billion dollars worldwide. So I think like global audiences were there more or less on the same level. So the domestic branding for Minions just seems to be stronger, which indicates to me that. Minions Rise of Gru, which is both a Minion sequel and a Despicable Me prequel, should have tremendous legs. I mean, it's already at 125 domestic after one weekend. So you're probably going to fall somewhere between Despicable Me 3 and Minions, you know, maybe closer to 300, I would guess.
1: So I'm guessing it's going to be like weeks before we hear they're making another Minions movie at this point.
2: I think, didn't they already release it? Didn't they already uh, put oh, did release it out? For just, I think, hold on, let me. Uh, <laughs> uh, I, I might have missed to it. I'm Google on the podcast here, but uh, uh, let me see. I think. Oh, damn it. Give me a second here.
1: Yeah, this is a hard uh, thing to search because
2: oh uh yeah despicable me 4 back in february was already set for summer 2024 so i mean
1: oh okay so that was already done already yeah, already in already the pipeline
2: done deal already in the pipeline cuz uh and again the other thing really worth mentioning here is that the last 3 movies in this franchise were made for under 80 million dollars wow which is whereas lightyear had a 200 million dollar budget you know Whoa. so you're looking at the runway to profitability for these movies you know i mean now I don't know what the minions rise of grew budget was the other thing that two year delay absolutely added to the budget a lot and apparently uh universal spent a ridiculous amount of money marketing this movie like I'm talking silly money still it looks like it's gonna you know turn a big profit here so
1: is is the reason why it costs so much less than the Pixar movie is it I believe the minions movies like the illumination entertainment movies are like animated elsewhere like in france or or somewhere and obviously Uh, pixar is is here in america and
2: yeah yeah yeah
1: so Uh, that's the
2: i i would i would guess that has something to do with. truth be told i don't know i never realized that the minions movies were or the despicable me movies were that much cheaper until i looked this up somewhat recently and that kind of caught me off guard because it's very tough to make a big animated movie that cheap so that must have something to do with it because that really surprised me yeah
1: Okay, let's talk about the, the second movie at the box office this weekend, Maverick.
2: Yeah, Top Gun Maverick um, in its sixth weekend, taking in $25.8 million across the three days and over the uh, full 4th of July weekend, another $33 million. It dropped less than 13%. Uh, these are the kind of holds that we thought were dead even before the pandemic started, for a blockbuster anyway. Yeah. Um, $33
1: million is like what I would have considered a good weekend at the beginning of this year.
2: Yeah, it's incredible. Like, it's incredible. It's, incredible. it's uh, So $1.115 billion worldwide. Um, I mean, it's just, it's the number one movie worldwide. And I don't at this point see anything given the legs it still has. <laughs> you know, this could probably get to $1.3 billion easy before it's done. You know, so, I mean, I don't see anything overtaking it. Uh, yeah, well,
1: what is going to stop Maverick? Who is going to stop Tom Cruise here?
2: Well, I mean, like, the Maverick has been already stopped in terms of being the number one
1: movie. But, but in, $33 million, right? Oh, no, that's... I mean,
2: well, but the thing is, the other thing, just like last weekend, though, we had Elvis made $18.4 million, Jurassic World Dominion made $16 Black Phone made $12.2 million, even Lightyear made 6.3 million with Minions being out. So, like, your top five movies all made quite a bit of money this week. So, I think we're just at a point where audiences are willing to go for more than one thing right now, which is great. This is what we've been waiting to get to. Now, the bottom half of the chart's still a little iffy, but, you know, this is good. So, I think Top Gun can still just continue to kind of slowly slip down the charts, but. You know, if it holds like everything everywhere all at once, God knows we could still be sitting here a month. I think what will really slow it down is the Blu-ray and streaming release, whenever that is, because I think Paramount's kind of arguing, you know, when when they <laughs> want it on, you know. But I think Tom Cruise was very much right to say we should have a long exclusive theatrical release here because if they kept it to a forty-five day window, this thing would already be pretty close to on Paramount Plus. So yeah. I think they're I mean, right. I think they're right to keep it out in theaters longer. Obviously.
1: 100 percent i mean it had a 12.8 percent drop from the previous weekend right and that's that's the lowest of, of a, a percentage drop that it's had so far yeah and i know that i know that's a fourth of july weekend as well Oh, and- that totally
2: and this is a good fourth of july movie for sure and the other thing too to consider and, and i don't remember where i think it was someone tweeted it and i wish i could give them credit but um top gun maverick is already i think the number one selling blu-ray on amazon right now and it doesn't even have a release date set so like the 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 physical release and vod should probably be through the roof for this too by the time it comes out so i mean you know uh what a surprise a movie that makes money suddenly becomes in demand through secondary (laughs) revenue streams you know um but yeah i mean it's it's an incredible incredible thing and perhaps the most the most I underrated a movie heading into the year because I was very vocal about the fact that Minions could easily be a billion dollar movie you know so this is that was sort of par for the course in my mind but Top Gun is just an incredible incredible thing
1: well to give you an idea everything everywhere all at once which came out at the end of March just finally I got in my email box today the announcement that it's coming to Blu-ray so yeah,
2: it's been on it's 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 been on VOD a bit, but the fun thing, I mean, just to talk since we're talking about it, it stayed yeah. at number eight this weekend, got an almost five percent increase in its fifteenth weekend, uh, making <laughs> another five hundred and fifty thousand dollars. Uh it is now at ninety one point four million worldwide, uh, and I think it still has some international rollout perhaps waiting. So if this continues, it could still cross a hundred million, which is incredible.
1: That's insane. Okay, uh next weekend or I mean this coming weekend is Thor Love and Thunder. You you've already seen this movie.
2: No, no, I have not. I see it Thursday.
1: Oh, you haven't. Oh, you see it yeah, Thursday. Okay. I see it Thursday. Uh, what is your your late <laughs> prediction? You know, we're we're days away. What what are we like I guess 3 days away from yes. from this. What, what do you think we're going to see how well do you think this is going to do this weekend at the box office?
2: Um okay you put me on a (laughs) bit of a bit of a so it did it so see dr strange did 185 domestic um
1: it has to do better than that right
2: no because i think no i don't know that it has to do better than that i think
1: um i mean on the summer movie wager i put dr strange above Thor: Love and Thunder. I, I'm now thinking that was a mistake, but
2: uh, no, I don't think that was a mistake. I would say, especially because <laughs> the reviews are a little tepid so far. Um, I, I would put it at, I'm gonna say one sixty-five is what I'm what? gonna say. I'm gonna say once. I'm gonna say somewhere between one sixty 160 and one sixty-five. If I were to guess, that's where I'm gonna put it.
1: I mean, that would be good. That'd be a good Marvel number right there.
2: Be a good Marvel number
1: okay over the weekend uh so uh not box office well i guess it is box it's tangentially box office related <laughs> uh, um empire magazine came out with uh some articles on james cameron's upcoming avatar sequel avatar the way of water and this is coming out later this year it's gonna be in theaters for what christmas 2022 i think yes and uh, Christmas,
2: christmas it's our big Christmas release this year.
1: Yeah. Uh, and so there's these articles on uh, with Cameron promoting this movie. And there's some interesting things being said here. Uh, first of all, let me, let me lay this out for you. So Avatar The Way of Water out this year. Avatar 3 is set for Christmas 2023. So next year. Avatar 4 is set for Christmas 2026. So three years after that. And then Avatar 5, set for Christmas, 2028. So that's two years after that movie. Um, Here is what James Cameron says. This is so very interesting. Okay, so he said, quote, the Avatar films themselves are kind of all-consuming. I've got some other things I'm developing as well that are exciting. I think eventually over time, I don't know if that's after 3 or after 4, I'll want to pass the baton to a director that I trust to take over so that I can do other stuff that I also am interested in, or maybe not. I don't know. So, so James Cameron now is saying that the original plan was for him to direct all five avatar films. And now he's kind of like waffling on this idea. He's saying, I don't know if this can be after three or after four, or maybe not at all. He says, I don't know. So it's, it's not a fact that he's not gonna do it. I'm guessing if, if these become huge box office successes, he's gonna, you know, do all of them. But, um, you know, there's this other quote from him said, I, I got more excited as I went along. Movie four is a corker, it's a mother effer. I actually hope I get to make it, but it depends on the market forces. Three is in the can, so it's coming out regardless. I really hope that we get to make four and five because it's one big story ultimately. Okay, Ryan, what is he saying here? Like it, it, what is the change here? I know like, you know, obviously it's taken some time to make these avatar sequels. They've been delayed and delayed again and they're finally coming out. And now it seems like Cameron is not so sure if he wants to end this franchise. Like, I don't know, it seems like it, it, he would want to be a part of the epic finale, right?
2: Well, sure, and look, he would still be a part of it. Here's my thing, and I said this a lot when this was initially stated. Okay, James Cameron is currently 67 years old. Um, If, if he sees this all the way through to the end, he will be dealing with Avatar until he is um what 74 ish 75 maybe by the time the la the press cycle's done with that fifth movie um yeah. that's a lot of time to spend in the same world because if you go back the first avatar was in production what in 2006 so like he doesn't make another movie that isn't avatar for 20 years you know t- 20 plus years i could see and he already had to surrender um you know he really wanted to direct alita and he gave that over to robert rodriguez like I, I think after spending as much time as he spent i think your mind changes a bit and i can easily see if he sets you know 2 and 3 out and those do well enough to get 4 and 5 made I can see where he would maybe at that point want to go, okay, maybe there's some other things I want to do. This train is moving well enough down the tracks where I could trust somebody else to do it, and I get to go do something different. I, and it, per, as a, personally, I don't care if Avatar 2 and 3 are amazing. I would rather see James Cameron do something else. So, you know, that's yeah. no skin off my back.
1: Well, it seems like James Cameron even has doubts of the box office potential of *The Way of Water*. He has this other quote in this article said, "We've given, we've gotten. Oh, let me say it again. We've we've gotten into a little bit of an outer orbit, and we're going. We've got to reestablish ourselves." Cameron admits, "The trolls will have, <laughs> the trolls will have it that nobody gave a S s." And they can't remember the characters' names or one damn thing that happened in the movie. Then they see the movie again and go, "Oh, okay. Excuse me. Let me shut the f up right now." So I'm not worried about that. So I'm not even sure if he's saying he's admitting that he has some doubts on the potential. Obviously, they're re-releasing Avatar One in theaters. When is that coming up? in September. September.
2: They're doing it in September. And again, a reminder, the Avatar re-release last year in China was enough to make Avatar the biggest movie of all time again.
1: <laughs> yeah, Avatar 1 has made 2.743 billion dollars. That
2: is actually that is actually the incorrect number. I I meant to oh. I, meant, I meant to uh I meant to uh let you know that before you got started. So that was the I believe that was the initial number. Uh, And that doesn't count the re-releases and stuff. So with the re-releases, it is at two point eight four billion.
1: Oh wow! Okay, so
2: because because that's what puts it above Avengers Endgame.
1: So it might actually hit three billion with this re-release. Yeah, I wrote a thing.
2: I wrote a thing a long time ago that depended because I I anticipated that there would be re-releases leading up to Avatar Two, and so it needs one hundred and seventy million or $160 million to get to $3 billion. And let me double check real quick uh, on how much it made in China alone last year um, because that number is a bit surprising. Uh, it made $57.7 million in China alone in its re-release last year.
1: And that was during the middle of a pandemic.
2: That was still during the pandemic. So if you if you're relying on 160 million worldwide, when that one country gave you almost 60,
1: let's
2: (laughs) let's say Avatar might get to three billion.
1: I I know a lot of people seem to love it it is the popular thing to do to dismiss Avatar, and uh, James Cameron here calls everybody that does that trolls. I'm I'm not sure if they're trolls. (laughs) uh but it it seems to be like the 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 attitude towards avatar at this point but i i just i just think even even curiosity for curiosity's sake the avatar 2 has to make half of what avatar 1 made right
2: um
1: yeah i think i think we talked about this
2: earlier in the year and yeah i would i would put it maybe around that yeah yeah 'Cause I think that's where Cameron's talking about we've got to reestablish ourselves when he talks about like being in the outer orbit. I think he means because the first one came out in two thousand nine. Yeah. So, you know, when your sequel comes out thirteen years later, you know, and I mean, look, I, I think I felt differently about this a couple of months ago, but Top Gun Maverick is a thirty six year old sequel that is now the highest grossing movie of the year. I now feel differently about Avatar Two's prospects, frankly. <laughs> um, you know, so Plus the box office recovery seems to get only better week, week after week. So, I mean, I don't know, man. I, I, I'm starting to think this movie might make a lot of money. (laughs) I, uh, uh, call me crazy, but I think Avatar two is going to make some
1: dough. (laughs) Hot take there. No, I, I I think it's going to make a a lot of money. Avatar two, the way water was made for 250 million. Uh, and then after marketing, it's probably going to be like 400, 450. But even at yeah. that, there's no way that this movie is going to make less than a million a billion dollars. I I I, I would, I, I would, I would think money. so. Yeah, I would think so,
2: especially because the second the Avatar three, they shot those back to back, like simultaneously. So I think I know the two hundred fifty million. I would be curious if Avatar three also sits at two fifty. Like, was I it, it really? Is.
1: I think they reported what this figure comes from. I forget which article it came from, but it was a reported 500 million budget for the two films.
2: For the two. Okay. Okay. All right. I mean, that's, that's God damn. That's a lot of money. Uh, But uh, but, um, look, gigantic budget aside. um,
1: But Ryan, if you could turn a billion dollars, you know, for four films into four billion dollars.
2: Well. Yeah, but you got to take marketing because you have to market each one of those. So really yeah. what you're saying for these two films, because you're not guaranteeably going to get four and five. So let's just yeah. say Avatar two and three. You're maybe between marketing and the budgets then at a billion before. Yeah, you. You're... So you're at a billion for those two. But if you can turn one billion into three billion, then you're in the then you're in the green. You know, yeah. so, uh, you know and and the, the, the worldwide worldwide you get some license you know merchandising and and home video rights this that and the other thing and you know I think that I think I see where the investments at sure
1: so at what point do you think that avatar 2 like how much how how bad does it have to do to be considered like maybe not a failure but it underwhelms what is the mark do you think?
2: I think the problem is this movie's no matter what the perception is going to be that like for some people that it just isn't successful because it couldn't overtake the original which is stupid. So, so like yeah, so so if we take that out of the equation let's just look at the movie math here. If you have a 250 million dollar budget um your general movie math would tell you that you double that for marketing, but let's even be generous there. Let's say they can do it. Let's say you're at four hundred million after marketing and with the budget. Well, then you at bare minimum would need to double that to even begin to break even. So you would need eight hundred million worldwide just to maybe break even, maybe if you're lucky.
1: So I would say if you, but s- but, th- but that's that's just on the box office. You're not. In- 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 accounting merchandising well well, you're not counting that disney has this whole theme park or has this whole theme park i
2: think for me if it does and i know this is an insane thing to say but i think given the gigantic investment if this does less than a billion i think that that's where you get into where you get in a tough water because you're not really making a ton of money at that point with such a gigantic investment you might break even and you might do okay in the long run, but that's not what you hope for when you invest that kind of money. And then that kind of sets Avatar 3 up for a shaky run. Hmm. So, you know, you you really needs to clear a billion, I think, for people to feel good about it.
1: So if Avatar uh, The Way of Water uh, is comes out and it's on track to do less than a billion dollars, and the next weekend uh, James Cameron announces that he's doing some other project instead of Avatar four you know why
2: maybe that or i think because i because i do think at that point if like let's say both two and three do like around a billion you know maybe give or take like like a little bit i don't know if that's enough to get you to green light for four and five unless they can somehow do four and five cheaper which you probably can't so you know because you need to make a good deal of money for disney to then say okay then we're gonna go ahead and make two more very expensive sequels so you know
1: well, the funny thing is they always argue that the cost to make a movie like this is setting up the technology. Like for Avatar 2, like doing the underwater, like motion capture, all that stuff that they had to establish cost money to R&D and create that technology needed to create the movie. And now that they have the technology going forward, it's going to cost less, but it never seems to be the case. I always see this in well, no, uh, filmmakers saying not only-
2: right. No, but not only that, but James Cameron is going to want to innovate further. That's what he always does. So, cause he's talked about that glasses, three free, three glasses, free 3d for a while. And I have no idea how you do that, but like maybe he starts pushing that direction or some other direction for four and five, you know what I'm saying? So I think like maybe the, and we don't know that four and five are going to be as underwater. I don't think so like you know, you might have other innovations that come in that make that that make four and five expensive. Either way, when you have a movie like this, I just don't think you get it much cheaper than two hundred million or two fifty.
1: Yeah, I just don't think we're gonna see James Cameron do Avatar four unless unless this does like bonkers money. Yeah, I want to say bonkers money. Like I, I should define bonkers money unless you should this define does bonkers money. Yeah, unless this does like over 1.5 billion. Like it's on track from the opening weekend Do over 1.5 billion. I, I, I think it needs to be there for him <laughs> to want to not, you know, for him to, I mean, I see what you're saying. Like as an artist, he only has a limited amount of time life left with his life.
2: hundred percent.
1: But there's a part of that. of Like, do I want to give up this baby? You know, I brought this baby into the world. I, I outlined what I wanted to do, in, like the end of this franchise, do I want to give that to someone else? And I feel like if if it's really, 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 really popular, he's not going to do that.
2: Yeah. Do you become George Lucas, or do you, or do, or do you do the Spielberg thing where you say, you know what, Indiana Jones five isn't worth my time. Bless you, James Mangold. I'm going to go make this personal movie because I only have a limited amount of time left. Yeah.
1: You know, we are over time, but I have one last question for you, Ryan. I'm gonna put you on the spot here. If James Cameron does not finish the Avatar sequels, what director would you like to see come in and take take uh the realm?
2: You know, I did see someone joke that uh God, was it Brad maybe? I think it might have been Brad, our our very own uh Bradford uh but but uh but um uh that so, that Ridley Scott should get to direct one and it's just called Avatars. <laughs> because Ridley Scott directed Alien and James Cameron directed Aliens, so it would be pretty damn funny if Ridley Scott came in. Yeah. Although Ridley Scott is much older than James Cameron, so I'm not certain um how possible that would be. But that's that's a a, a serious. I mean, not that I want to see it or care, but like since Robert Rodriguez directed Alita, I feel like maybe you know, maybe maybe Cameron. Oh, does. that would
1: be that would be a. <laughs> Look, I'm not <laughs> saying I want. I'm saying, off.
2: but I could see that happening um i can't think of anyone i just don't care enough about avatar to i can't think of any director i like enough to say like i'd rather see you go waste your time on avatar 4 so yeah that's that's a tough question for me to answer
1: i i feel like the cynical answer the answer that probably will end up happening is peter jackson it's not the answer i want
2: does peter would peter jackson want to do that like like i don't think he does anymore
1: they shoot a lot of the stuff in New Zealand. He's in New Zealand anyways. He loves like he he has obviously done a lot of that uh you know the performance capture stuff with not just like Tintin but also you know you know you know he didn't get to do his Tintin movie. Um yeah. <laughs> with uh I don't know, I I could see that being the obvious like that, that's the person we get.
2: I guess if I guess if the money truck is big enough Cause I just feel like he made enough money where he's like, eh, I'm just going to do these things I want to do. You know what I mean? He's made those couple documentaries. Those have done well for him. So I just don't know that. I don't know that Peter Jackson wants to get wrapped up in something like that again. Like I could easily see Peter Jackson making like another big movie. I just don't know that that would be the big movie he would do. I'll tell you what, I'll tell you what, here's what I want to see. If you're going to make a fourth avatar movie, just let Michael Bago blow everything up. That's what I'm not even kidding. Great. There you go. Do that. Do that. That's what I want to see
1: first ever underwater explosions
0: great let's do that
1: <laughs> i I will say this uh I know the three d craze is kind of on the outs at this point, but michael bay's wh- which one was the three d one the i last? hate
2: i hate three d movies so I almost it's never go see' them.
1: well, it was one of the only three d movies that I thought was worth it because michael bay like if it, it feels like a lot of the filmmakers in that three d era we're like conservative and they're like, you know, we're going to shoot it like avatar where it's a screen and you're looking through a window and there's depth beyond that. And we're not going to do any like things coming out at you. Michael Bay's like, I'm going to explode stuff and it's going to come in your face. <laughs> and like every like shot had like stuff in the foreground in the middle ground background. And it felt, I'm not saying the movie was great, but it felt like he was actually, it must've been use, one of those transformers movies, right? Yeah. It was one of the transformers movies. I don't remember. Dark which of the one. moon. Maybe. No, that was, uh, that was be was it? Maybe, maybe, I don't it's know. Dark of
2: the moon was 2011. That would have been right after avatar. So that would left. have been when the 3d craze kind of kicked back in.
1: I'm I'm looking this up right now. We're doing a lot of Googling on today's, uh, yeah, podcast. yeah. This is, this is
2: good podcasting, ladies and gentlemen. Although the good news <laughs> is me and Peter both have very clicky keyboards. So you might get to hear the keyboard action while it's going on. <laughs>
1: i don't know maybe it is dark of the moon maybe you are right but i remember that i mean obviously you can't enjoy enjoy it in that way unless you have a 3d tv i guess well Um, before
2: we go just to bring this all full circle uh (laughs) the movie that minions the rise of Gru beat for the fourth of july record was peter and a drum roll please
1: transformers uh, dark of the moon (laughs) (laughs) okay i didn't see that coming uh, okay. Well, we have reached the end of today. You can find more of all of our work at slash You can find this podcast in Apple, Google, Overcast, Spotify, all the popular podcast apps. Please feel free to send your feedback, questions, comments, concerns to us at peter at slash And please rate and read this podcast in Apple podcasts. Tell your friends, spread the word, and we'll see you tomorrow. This is the story of the one as head of maintenance at a concert hall. He knows the show must always go on.